Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Aurora Holics Anonymous. It's been a minute. God damn. We're back. Uh, the usual crew. We got Dan Dino Shear. What's up? Yo, Roar. And we got Uncle Ted. What's up with you? Roar to one and all. And we got Jeremy Baghead Shear. Uh, you guys can't see this, but I am wearing a paper bag on my head in honor of the, the start of the Lyme season. And, uh, you know, I think that I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I was pretty unsure if we were going to do this podcast anymore. Just the, 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 the toll of it. Uh, but I, it was it's bought back by what we're going to call popular demand. I think Danny or Dino's youngest son, Ezra, wanted a new episode. We've heard some, uh, we actually have met fans out there in the world. Who actually my, my nephew, born, yeah. whoa, who's on? Someone's hey, on. There's, a, there's <laughs> a fourth person on. Is that yeah, your student? Yeah. So, you know what? Um, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a podcast with my, uh, with my friend and my buddies. How's it going, man? These are the people you associate you associate yourself with. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, did I walk in on something? You invited us through Canvas. Oh, did you all get an invite? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I didn't realize that. I didn't think it went out when I sent oh that's crazy. Wait, everyone on the podcast, just so we understand what's going on, Dino teaches screenwriting at the University of Michigan. And oh, he yeah. sent this Zoom link out to all of his students, evidently, on by accident, I did. I I got an account through U of M, but I didn't know. I was I was wondering the same thing because I was like, well, I could send out one, but my students would get the notification. Mm, I didn't think they would, but I guess they did. So this. Wow. Is, so wait a minute. So who, just, who, let me ask you though. We do. Um, you're like you're freaking out a little bit, but we do <laughs> um, a podcast. We started it last year. We call it Roraholics Anonymous, and it's devoted to our um, unfortunate fandom of the Detroit Lions, of which we're deeply ashamed of. Did you, are you from the area? Yeah, I'm from the area, but I, I am not really a fan because they suck so bad. I just want to note, Demetrius, that your awesome camouflage top is unambiguously Lions colors. <laughs> right. So yeah. you can tell us that you don't like the Lions. You're hiding but it. Your, but your semi-conscious fashion choices this suggest dude, otherwise. This dude added back his video to try to make a point. This is my high school track. Oh, Salem Rocks, baby. I went to Harrison. I went oh, to Harrison back when it was open. Nice. <laughs> is that Plymouth Salem? Yeah. Well, it's not Plymouth Salem anymore. It's just Salem now. Right. They made a Plymouth. Yeah. Is, is Canton still exist? Canton, Canton still exists. Righteous man, Canton and Plymouth all on one campus. Okay, so so Demetrius when I was coming through. So Demetrius, since you're you're kind of on this podcast here for a minute, (laughs) even though you're not uh, maybe Aurora Holic like we are, still, do you have any words to say about the Lions that you want people to know? Just anything at all? I mean, I haven't like caught up with them in like three seasons, really, since I got to college. I'll update you, Demetrius. Demetrius, I'm going to update you. They suck. (laughs) (laughs) They've been really bad in all the same ways. But, Jeremy, you asked the wrong question. The question we need to be asking asking Demetrius is, 
how did you manage to stop caring? Yes, that's true. Did you care earlier in your life? Teach us. How did you? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. Because ever since they they had the Super Bowl, I think, 45 in Detroit. Yep. Right. I tried to get, like, into football. And it always seemed like we had, like, some of, like, the best players in the league, like, one or two of them at all times. But it was just always bad. And then I found out the owners were just way too involved. And then there's politics behind it, and it's uh, it just got I don't know. It just it. Tom Brady went to Michigan, so it's easier yeah. to root for him. I hear you. So wait, can I ask Demetrius? How old are you? Uh, I'm 22. You're 22. Wow. You know, I'm the average age of us is about. Um, I'm 49. Ted, you're what now? 51. And and Dino over there is. Uh, yeah, you're, but you somehow are more mature than all of us combined. Why do you have a bag to kick that face. habit? You look like if SpongeBob committed arson. <laughs> Here you go. Are you aware of what this this is football wise? Basically, what we do our the theme of our podcast is for years we have been trying to kick our Lions addiction because we know they suck. We know they will always suck, and yet every year we get sucked into caring about the season and like false hope. And then we just hate ourselves for wasting all that time. So we created this little like support group basically and decided to just make a podcast out of it to, to try to get over our lions, our love of the lions. But every year it's like you're trying to get over it. I know. Well, the irony, the irony being the irony being that, in order to do this podcast, we actually have to pay attention to the Lions at least a little bit. It's like a support group, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they? What's happening with football? Do they push the season back to next spring? No, they're no, going. No, no, it's starting. There's a game season. going on right now. So yeah, right. They pushed it back, or some college did at least Big Ten, but like yeah. NFL, they don't care. They're just going like straightforward. So, mm. talk about the Benjamins. I can tell you a way that you can get over sports really quickly. When I got to college, I stopped having cable. Right. Yeah, so there right. you go. If you want to just not care, just yep. get rid of cable. Well, I, I got rid of my cable. That's not the thing, though. I, got, I cut my cable. Didn't help. Didn't yeah, make a difference. Still go online. I did the same thing in college. I totally stopped paying attention to sports, but then I got older. I got married. I had kids, and now I need it, man. <laughs> I need it. I need the distraction. Yeah. Well, right. I, I, what I did was because I don't think you want to be. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave, but I want to ask you, like, are you like a masseuse? What's going on with that? Oh no, <laughs> it's just a spare bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hate massages. I can't give them, and I can't get them. I'm like horribly ticklish. So, like, no, it's just it's I like. Therapy? I took over my our our um it's a room in our basement that's also like doubles the spare bedroom so it's the safe room it's yeah. the safe room when the <laughs> right, lines go into space. overtime when the lines go into overtime he goes down there it's a safe space and I tie myself to the to the table. there's a huge <laughs> hole in the wall behind the tapestry or something I feel like if you walk through it there'll be like a bank bolt on the other side <laughs> there you that's go I think I walked in I wish there's, there's a uh, he's got there. Barry Sanders tied up back there. It it actually looks like a college dorm room a little bit. It does. Kind of like the wall hanging and a small Yeah, I just need that. a Monet painting over here somewhere. Yeah. Well, I hope Golden Tate watches your podcast. 
I love Golden Tate. He was great. That was yeah. my nickname. For All right, man. Thank you for That's joining us. Tate. Demetrius, you're I'm amazing. Sure your day. Stay right. clean, Demetrius. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. Stay on the righteous path. <laughs> well, this podcast has gotten off to a fantastic start. That was <laughs> just a random, a random Zoom bomb by one of Dino's okay. students. I had that was amazing. no idea that that was going to happen. And so chances are throughout this podcast, random people are going to be popping in. So I've locked the meeting so no one else can join just because Demetrius oh, okay. is probably my coolest student. I yeah. mean, <laughs> like, it, I, but what I mean by that is like him joining, he, he ran with it. Right. But yeah. Other people might really like, I might get reported. Yeah. Right. I would not want that to happen to me. Okay. No. So, so where, cool, so, cool. so I guess we should, we need to begin with the way we always begin with our, our prayer, right? Yep. Are you prepared, uh, yeah. Dino? Dude, is, there, you... is it updated? Has the liturgy been updated for 2020? Things have changed out in the world since then, by the way. True. That's true. So goddamn much has changed. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to uh, – all right, let me see if I can re- recall it. I mean, I've been off the wagon a long time, so just even pretending to go through the motions here – yeah. of sobriety is a little hard but um you just got to do it take the first step yeah hold on a second uh i gotta look i gotta look it up um may no yeah may the ghost ah of bobby lane may the ghost of bobby lane grant us the serenity of mind to accept that which cannot be changed about the lions, the courage to change our fandom of the lions that can be changed as the wisdom to know the one from the other through the ghost of Bobby Lane. Amen. Amen. I think you, wow. That was the Detroit lions of lions, uh, serenity prayer. It got a little weird. I, I, Yeah. yeah. The, you know what they updated the serenity prayer the serenity i i did the old school one the the old the newer one is um may the ghost of uh bobby lane grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change about the lions the courage to change the things that i can about being a fan and right. the wisdom to know that the lions will always suck right that was the original amen. that's that, the real one yeah right. amen see i'm losing it i mean this is still i've got preseason jitters i'm not gonna lie Guys, I started in preparing for this episode, I started looking at various power rankings and even rankings of offensive lines. I started sweating through my clothes, like just really, you know, getting very jittery about all of it. Um, where, where to begin? Uh, where, where do we begin? I mean, the Lions, the first game is this Sunday against the Bears. Um, before jumping into that, do we just want to go around and give our general thoughts on what it's like to be back thinking about the roar and doing this and just I don't know yeah I think it's a good idea just what's our approach as roarholics yeah through this season are what do we feel the threat level is to us getting sucked into another horrible season how much are we caring right now what's the threat of us starting to care I'll I'll go first. Yeah, brother Jer. I think the threat level is one hundred percent. And I say that not because I want to care, but just the fact that we're here on this podcast 
doing it. The fact that I found myself less than an hour ago reading about the Lions and looking at their draft picks, because until an hour ago, I had not paid any attention at all, like zero. And I felt really good about it. It was healthy, you know, running every day. Uh, things are good with the wife and the kids are in college. Everything's good. And, um, you know, now I feel like I'm kind of getting sucked back into it. And it's a weird thing. It's like a, a, there's an irony to, to what we're doing here. The whole point is to support each other and we don't, we'll never be cured, but to reach something like a state of grace or equilibrium. But in doing that, we do have to think about and talk about the lines. So I'm not sure. That's why I say 100%. That is the threat level. Well, I'll say the following. Number one, I don't think I thought there was going to be football till like 10 days ago. For some reason, I thought they were like, we can't do it. And I was so happy to hear that. And then all of a sudden, I realized that there were games and they were imminent. I was not prepared for that. Mm. Number two, having read three or four preseason things about the Lions, they're going to be bad but they're probably going to be interestingly bad because their skill players are really good. Yeah. So they're going to have all these crazy games that are going to be like 37 to 33. And they're going to have like, somehow this is going to be a horribly unpredictable team in bad ways. Number three, and maybe this should have been number one. And I think Dino might have a, a 17 to 37 minute rant prepared for this. But we have to talk about sports, sports fandom, caring about sports, the whole ontology of sports in the era of COVID, because that is a thing. Because yeah. we had we had a externally induced sports fast for many months, and that was an interesting experience. And I want to talk about it. But I think Dino also wants to talk about it. So I want to give him first take on that. I will say one last thing. And Jared, Dino and I were talking about this before you got on. But I spent like 10 minutes before this started trying to find a free stream of the Chiefs-Texans game, which is being played as we record this. And I Uh could not. Really? And I'm not going to spend money watching the Lions. If the NFL, if the Shield has, has... made it harder for schmucks like me to watch the product for free. I don't know what's going to happen, man. I might, you know what I might be doing? I might be listening to the game like Uncle Jer. There you go. By the way, speaking of which, we might get a surprise visit from Lomas at some point during this podcast. Is a surprise visit a surprise if you know it's going to happen? I said might. (laughs) Lomas is always welcome. I mean, I, for one, I want to know what Lomas has been up to during the lockdown. That's a good point. I feel like Lomas might, you know, is a character that maybe only comes out like once we're into the season and emotions are getting going and we we're starting to go a little crazy. Like I, re- I felt thought back on last season. I don't remember what game it was after what game, but where we all went on a huge rant or just ramble. Yeah. Making up, Simon and Garfunkel songs to describe <laughs> our feelings about the lions. And I mean, we went deep into their catalog. 
into like b-sides and I, I it's hard for me to even go back in that mindset it's like i guess when you're on like a three-day bender and you're just doing the craziest shit with your friends and then you think back later on it you're like how did i get there what was i what was my mindset how did the steps lead to one another and i can't reconstruct the um, all the emotions and like what happened in the season to provoke it um but i know we did that yeah so anyways jumping into this season I'm trying to do you know if you want to know do you know if you want to know how that happened just tune into yourself in mid October right <laughs> you're going to know again what that By the like. way I just as I recall not only did we go deep into the Simon and Garfunkel catalog we got into a genuine uh argument about if it was okay to go to go into the solo Paul Simon catalog We did yeah. I can I can definitely vouch for that having happened Yeah uh, anyway, I can also you know, I can also vouch for the fact that there was a little bit of ACDC going on. <laughs> yeah, like Just a the, little bit. The shit, the kind of arguments and obsessions you get um, when you're just deep in it, in whatever addiction, whatever fucked up thing you're into, you find yourself doing. Um, right now. I have to say, I don't have a lot of feelings about the season. I feel like I'm in a decent place. Maybe it's it's because of COVID and everything that's just sort of distanced distance me from like, you know, maybe it was the sports fast. Um, it just, everything's off kilter. Nor, the normal feelings of like football being around the corner, even though it's starting up tonight, it hasn't really like hit me as hard. Also, there's not like there hasn't been like any one huge offseason story for the Lions. So it's kind of like a nondescript beginning to the season. Like there's nothing, you know, to really there's no huge question looming in the air of the Lions. So anyways, but looking forward to the next few months, I would have to agree with Brother Jer that my chance of relapsing and going full roaraholic um just off the deep end is close to 100% maybe more um and i'll tell you why covid is not going anywhere we've already established that so when covid hit it was like march april that's when it got really bad in the lockdown and that led right into spring summer and it's nice outside here in michigan the most beautiful time of year I've been enjoying it. I've been getting outside, out at the pool with the kids, did a little like camping, traveling, um, walking every day with my dog. It's beautiful out. Pretty soon, it's already starting. It's going to get cold. The sun is going away. It's going to get miserable. I'm already feeling it. I'm already feeling that seasonal effective low-grade depression setting in. And that's not going anywhere. That's going to get worse. And what else is going on? We have an election looming that we do, regardless of what <laughs> your what side you're on and what your politics are, is going is already a shit show, but is going to be a huge shit show no matter what happens. And I'll leave it at that. You can fill in the gaps, but just the very results of the election, I believe, are going to be 
quite pos quite probably in doubt for a long time. And I don't I think it's gonna I don't like I hate I'm not I'm being only a little hyperbolic when I say like I think we're we're approaching civil war territory a little bit and it's scary. Therefore, I think the chances that I seek refuge in meaningless Sunday Lions games is close to 100 percent just to truly escape the insanity that I believe our country is going is heading into if things don't already feel insane. Um, I think I'm going to need it like a drug real but real bad. I don't know so, where else it's going to turn and it's going to be the roar. So can I jump in here for a second? Because I think this speaks to, directly to what Brother Todd wanted to talk about, namely sports in the era of COVID. <laughs> and I, so while when COVID hit, and especially when the NBA season was canceled, and that for me, and I think for a lot of people, was the moment when I was like, holy shit, this is for real. Like they shut down the NBA season, everything's changed now. And it was really the first time maybe ever in my life when like all sports were just suddenly gone. And at first I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm a grown man. Like I, I shouldn't care that much about sports. I guess I can handle it. But what I found myself doing was in the absence of being able to get up every day and like look at the box score and see what Giannis did or follow the the relatively simple nature of sports, like there's a winner and a loser, and then there's another game coming up. I found myself paying way too much attention to politics and just getting like down deep into it and in in not a very healthy way because I like paying too much attention to it. It's like another kind of addiction and just reading all this stuff and getting enraged about this and that. And when the NBA came back, I didn't realize how much I'd missed it until those games started in the bubble. And I found my, and I, and I watched, I've been, I watched like almost every game because just the, the simplicity of it, just the, it's a game. And we're watching athletes at the highest level do their thing. And there are clear rules. And at the end, there's a winner and there's a loser. And it's not, and, and there's no like, you know, hatred there. There's no, it's, it's sort of the antithesis to politics, at least for me, in that I, 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 it's cool. I care about it, but it's just a game at the end of the day. And it's fun and it's awesome and it's entertaining. And it kind of made me realize in, in sort of a profound way, like sports are not trivial. They, there are trivial things about sports and definitely you can get too into it like anything, but I think they actually play a pretty important role in our society in a lot of ways, just like for guys, at least often when I'll meet like a dude for the first time, we'll end up talking about sports a lot. It's like something that a lot of people have in common, even if you don't know anything else about the person. And when that was gone, it was just like, God, there's this sort of gaping hole, like one among many holes. But I only realized it now that sports is back. And I'm like, wow, I, I really missed it. And I'm glad it's back. That being said, it, I still am feeling extremely jittery about the Lions and about the upcoming Lions season because they are the one team that doesn't have that effect. It's still a game, but God damn it following the Lions and seeing the season play out as I think it's going to, 
it, it it's bad. It's just bad. I can't remember a season anymore where it's been like, yeah, that was fun. Nah, it's not fun. It's it, that's why we have this group, this podcast, because otherwise it just really sucks. At least we can get on this podcast and, you know, talk about it and have some fun. Right. Uncle Ted, please. So I have a interestingly kind of contradictory inverted take from you. Okay. Which is when sports disappeared entirely, I didn't miss it. And I actually came to realize, and I, and, and I'm going to say this, I don't fully subscribe to this anymore. So I'm, I'm kind of of two minds here, but I actually came to realize, I guess also because I felt, and still feel certainly that we, I, I don't want to get too serious here, but like we're living, like we are in the long emergency now. Like, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term, but like the, the way society and the world worked in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, like we're not going back to that. Like we are now <laughs> between... But, you know, between climate, between all sorts of shit, like the world's going to be different. And I, it made me realize actually as much as kind of an immediate mental health distraction that sports are, and they're very pleasurable. And I think there's beauty in the actual activities um, that I realized how much I used it to avoid facing the world and I kind of was, I, I also kind of felt like part of the whole COVID thing and watching how hideously our country dealt with it, that like, so that the sobering nature of that was, um, was kind of overdue and welcome. And I kind of felt like not being, having sports taken from me was like punishment that I was due and that all of us were due. And I was, and I kind of came to the conclusion, like sports are sport. Playing sports is not stupid. Caring about sports is stupid. And it wasn't just the lions. Now, having said all that, I will admit that once the NBA came back on and I started watching it, it brought me a lot of pleasure and I've been watching it. Um, and, uh, and I'm kind of grateful for basketball for figuring out a way to do that. Though I guess it's not a fully unique thing because these other sports are doing it one way or the other. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I feel kind of strange about it. Um, but I can't get too far into it without getting very dark about the world. I will say one thing as a kind of way to maybe go into a slightly different, lighter direction that I think it will be cathartic to watch the lions in front of no fans and <laughs> pretend that it has nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> that finally no one is showing up to watch them play. Like I feel like, and I even feel like there's a chance I've talked about this with brother Adam a lot with regards to basketball in the bubble is that there's gotta be dudes that are for whatever reason doing way better in that. It's a very different setting. Yeah, There's a whole bunch of trappings to the game that are different. The travel, people not being near their families, 
And then, of course, not playing in front of fans. And you know that there's dudes that, for better and for worse, are having radically different experiences in terms of their performance as a result. And it's kind of interesting to think of the Lions, if there's some chance that without any fans, that they actually somehow rise above their past. Though I don't think that's likely. Well, that, <laughs> that's real. I actually thought of that, too, in a slightly different way. Because, you know, remember last year we would talk a little bit about, like, why do people keep paying to see the Lions? You, know, you tune in and the stands are full. Why? Fi- I kind of feel like, finally, this is how it should be. The Lions should be playing in front of an empty stadium. They have to earn the fans back. They don't really deserve They've been so bad. They don't deserve to have a full stadium every – it makes no sense. It's mm-hmm. like a, this weird delirium. And now because the fans can't go or, or only like a, a small number are allowed to go or whatever, yeah, that's, that seems about right for how shitty this team has been for, for a long time. Jared, do you remember – I feel like we should relive this. We had a phone conversation probably in April. Okay. And we talked about doing a fictional Lions podcast – that like oh, that's right. COVID got really, really bad. And then there was kind of a, a what's it, a concomitant like societal breakdown. And the Lions had kind of made it to the Super Bowl because they were the only team that's right. that like, like most, like there were teams that there was like cannibalism taking place right. in those cities. And right. like the Green Bay Packers came to town with like seven players. Right. And the Lions somehow, just some kind of weird luck of the draw, we're like right. really the last man standing. And yeah. we were going to do an entire podcast. Like we were going to agree upon like a basic reality. Right. And just pretend that we were still doing the roar. Right. As, as like the fucking whole country was just up in flames. And right. it was true, like infanticide <laughs> on the street. Yeah. And, and our dilemma was going to be like, is it okay for us to be pretty psyched that the Lions are finally going to make it to the Super Bowl? Like right. we were going to, we were going to, we were going to argue about how big the asterisks would be next to that <laughs> championship. Right. It was sort of like the, the, the moral complexities of on the one hand, yeah, a third of the population has been wiped out and the country's in flames. On the other hand, the Lions are in the Super Bowl, And like, right. this is probably the only way they were ever going to get there. So you know, right. one half of one dozen of the other. No one's heard from California in two weeks, <laughs> but the lions are in the bowl. Yeah. They just survived. You know, they somehow, yeah. hell's yeah. The Darwinian Super Bowl. It's probably good that we didn't do that, but it was fun to think about. <laughs> As a Detroiter, there would be no asterisk. I would be <laughs> rating. I mean, I wouldn't care about the rest of the country because as a Lions fan, yeah, screw them. You know, everyone else, like it's, it's kind of takes you back to the bad boys. It's like, I don't care how we win. That's for everyone else to complain about. If we get the chip, we get the chip. So I want to make another point though, that now listeners, you can't see this, but behind Dino, he has like one of those zoom screen things and he has a, a shot of just a bunch of Lions fans at a game. And, you know, the typical array of, like, one guy's in a Santa beard, a bunch of guys wearing, like, lion kind of headdress hats and the sunglasses. And what's interesting to me is that even just in that picture, it's a, it's a mix of, like, big, beefy white guys 
and just like some black people. And especially in our age of racial upheaval and like marching and rioting in the streets, the last time I went to a Lions game, and you know, we remember it was Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, yeah. and I hadn't been to a Lions game in years. And one thing that really struck me is like we're sitting wherever we were sitting, and it was just randomly a big mix of people, none of whom we knew at all, like, you know, total strangers. As the game went on, and it's Thanksgiving, so everyone's pretty hyped. As the game went on and the Lions predictably just didn't get blown out, they just generally sucked. Everyone, black, white, whatever, were totally on the same page as Lions fans, as like despairing Lions fans. And I remember even kind of turning to the random black dude next to me and just, just sharing a look and being like, oh, typical, right? And he was like, yeah. And just like we had that bond. There's, that's what I'm talking about a little bit, a way in which like the local sports stuff really can bring people together, even in misery, even especially when your team really sucks. Like there's a way it just bridges all kinds of divides that can otherwise really divide people. Yeah, that's like, why... In a weird way, I am. I, I agree with that. I, I share probably a lot of Brother Ted's uh, concerns about our country, and and that, like whatever this new abnormal is, is is heading for some. We're heading for some un, certainly unpredictable, and probably some shitty times. But I would argue we need things like sports more than ever now to give just some semblance of anything else to talk about because part of what's yes, we have global warming. We have lots of issues, but we're turning on each other ourselves as a society. Like as you know, I'm not going to say as never before because we had a little thing called the civil war. So like, you know, but in a, in a big, a pretty bad way is this society turning in. So, I mean, I would agree that there, you know, sort of used to be pre COVID part of the, part of the, just like little fabric. It's not, sports are not important in terms of like the ultimate questions, but they just provide a little of that kind those common threads that we can all grab a hold of and have some shared experience that, yeah, is it important? Maybe not. But the fact that we can do it together and gives us something to talk about and something to like just share in together is is kind of important. And so in a weird way, um, and I've experienced, you know, I've, I've experienced that in my life, I guess, and at Lions games. I mean, there is something really fun about meeting other Lions fans and commiserating together, like as a whole stadium and just being like, or like in the Owen 16 season, just people of all ages, races, colors, and creeds marching up to the front of um, the front row where the Lions bench was and just cursing them out in the harshest language altogether. I mean, it was kind of a thing of beauty. Beautiful. <laughs> um, you know, just everyone just fuck you motherfucking lions. I hate you. I've wasted my whole life rooting for you. I mean, there was, that was true catharsis. And so it's in that spirit that I kind of hope that this season, my, first of all, my prediction for the season, I don't know, this number just came to me a couple days ago, four and 12. I believe the lions will go four and 12. I think things are going to get, I just don't believe in this team at all. I know Stafford is supposedly healthy I think the defense is going to be such a mess and 
what they're saying is like with the lack of preseason and everything, it's gonna like the teams that have any cohesion, like the football's gonna be sloppy. And I think the Lions are gonna be the sloppiest of all sloppy because I think Patricia's a nightmare. He's on his way out. He already has sort of lost control of this team last year. This is gonna be his final year. It's gonna be a shit show. Everything's gonna go south. And normally that might make me happy. Because if I thought that the Lions were going to go 4-12, and I would just think, okay, it's going to be over really quickly, and we're not even going to get sucked in. But this year, in a weird way, I kind of want to get sucked in. Like, I almost hope <laughs> we go 4-3, and three, and so I start having hope because I need – I feel like I'm going to need it. And if they're just – if they start off like 1-7 and seven and it's – all or 1-5, it's already over, I'm not going to have it. I mean, I'm not going to – it's the 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 sauce is going to be too weak. I'm not going to mm. be able to get my fix, and I feel like I'm going to need it more than ever. And this and maybe even this city is going to need it, and we're not going to have it. It works. I just me. I just want to note that uh, I think I believe during the Civil War was the last time the Lions won a playoff game. So <laughs> there is that. That's true. That's true. Um, before they, we, well, the Lions, the Lions actually. This is. It, it's going to take you a moment to understand quite what I'm saying, but the Lions were the halftime entertainment at the Battle of Antietam. <laughs> and, uh, you know. I didn't know was, there was a halftime at the battle. But oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Santana, Santana was not available. Right. <laughs> the Lions were the, the next the next. Performer. They were touring Japan. They were huge in Japan at the time. All right. Let's, let's get into the Lions in the season because we've – you know, we, this has been interesting, but, uh, you know, we are here to talk about the Lions in the upcoming season. So I'll, I'll venture forth that I agree with Dino. There hasn't been like a huge, big storyline like Stafford's back, supposedly healthy. I think the biggest, most interesting thing as and I put that in sort of air quotes, is that they did sign Adrian Peterson the other day, That's which true. at least he's like a known guy who's like, approximately 17 years past his prime but i was reading today and this just struck me as hilariously same old lions that like the headline of the thing was lions said to to rely heavily on peterson asking him to do a lot just like that's great he's a 35 year old running back i guess last year he actually was pretty good and like that's just how good that guy like how talented he actually is, but he's a 35 year old running back. And like, can we start there? Like the fact that they, you know, they have Adrian Peterson. Is it good, bad? Is it, is it even worth caring about paying attention to? Before we, before we agree that that's the situation, it should be noted that the Lions are still in negotiations with Billy Sims. (laughs) (laughs) And, and if he can be talked into coming out of retirement, now, Grant, you know, he's 58, but uh, he's still got it. He's still got it, and that could change the whole dynamic in the backfield if Billy if Billy can come on board. At 58, he would arguably be our number one running back, like on day one. I thought – I read somewhere that it was this – they're going to do running back by committee. That Didn't they draft yeah. the guy in the second round or even the – Yeah, and, they did. And they've acknowledged basically that Karrion Johnson is a very good running back. If he's carrying the ball seven times or less a game, he can be really effective. So it sounds like 
they're just going to have a bunch of dudes. But something like that. I mean, you know, at least in a way, I, I thought it was kind of cool that I got, you know, Adrian Peterson, which I keep mind forgetting his nickname was A.D., and I was like, wait, but that's not his initials. And it stands for all day. Yeah. Because that used to be his thing. Like, this guy can just, you know, go all day long. And, and he in his prime, he was amazing, right? He was unstoppable. That was a long time ago. Uh, but whatever. Like, I don't think it's going to make the team demonstrably worse. It's kind of interesting. I think it's going to make a difference because I, from what I have heard, our, believe it or not, top secret news, but our offensive line is going to suck. Um, <laughs> well, I know that it's sucked ever since Lomas Brown retired, um, but it's going to suck again. Um, I mean, that's what I've heard. It, 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 like what I wanted to just address for a minute is maybe like this sort of elephant in the room is like, obviously we don't know very much about the season. If you are tuning into this podcast, expecting any kind of like knowledgeable breakdown of the Lions roster, their off season moves, their chances against division opponents look elsewhere because we we're not in the weeds yet. Um, in fact, I tried to listen to a podcast um, just to research, just so, so I was brushed up, and I I could I mean I couldn't even listen to ten minutes because I'm like these people are seriously discussing how good the Lions will be this year, and like. There's no reason to have that discussion. You can say, well, we got this right tackle. We got this left tackle. It, the only thing you need to know is it's the Lions. There's yeah. no reason yeah. to believe they'll be any good. It's going to be a disaster one way or another. The only question is, is it going to be a heartbreaking kick to the shins, knee to the nuts disaster? Or is it just going to be a straight up, they start off 0-5 and it's over before you before you know it. You guys know Taylor Decker, one of their offensive linemen. So his initials are, are TD, which would be a great, you know, football nickname. But do you know his nickname is OO? Do you know what that stands for? No. On occasion. <laughs> That's his his nickname is on occasion. That's so. meaning. On occasion, he does not let the quarterback be sacked. On Every now and again. On occasion, he plays like a professional football player. So I actually, before the, my research for this podcast, I Googled uh, offensive line rankings 2020. Wow. To see where the, you know, where the various experts rank. Because as I think we've talked about at least a little bit on this podcast, in terms of the offense, that's what it really comes down to, Right. It's the offensive line, and the teams with the best lines have the, have the best chance. And it's been the running game that has just sucked so bad over the years. And that's all about the offensive line primarily. Like, you can have an awesome running back. Your O-line sucks. It's not going to happen. And according to the, the list I found, the Lions are, like, right in the middle. They were ranked number 16. Now, that's just a, pre, you know, a ranking. Who knows how it'll, it'll actually play out. I was a little surprised. I mean, I, I immediately scrolled down to the bottom of the list, assuming that's where they would be. And I had to scroll back up toward the middle. And I was like, okay, um, you know, the Lions do have some guys that professional football analysts, people on the O-line that, that they seem to think are at least decent or maybe even pretty good uh, with some glaring holes, though. So at best, they're probably going to be average, 
middle of the path. You know, and you I, know, I just looked at the article that Jeremy was referencing. What ranking did the Detroit offensive line have last season, according to this article? I don't. Would you like to get roughly the same, wasn't it? It was like six, sixteen or seventeen. You're going to eleven. Yeah, eleven. Right. So come on. <laughs> rank an offensive line like how many sacks i mean okay let's just briefly review last year like we went we got off to like a two oh and one start something right. weird ass like that we tied the first game just freaking weird right out of the box yeah hung around for long enough to be somewhat serious as like we got excited it was like week five and we were like i don't know maybe maybe then, um, see, everyone forgets this when talking about last season. Like, because Stafford was having a great year. Yeah. I dare to say the words, maybe was having an elite quarterback year. Wow. And then got hurt. Why? Exactly. <laughs> and then he got hurt, and then the season fell apart. But the reality is, he went down midseason, and we were already three and five. Right. With him having an amazing year. So I like like any Lions season last year is just sort of a fever dream to me at this point. I don't remember a lot of specifics. I just remember the general feeling of shittiness when but it all went wrong with Stafford. So let's remember that. So this amazing offensive line, whatever that was, if they performed well in the final eight games or something, it's meaningless. While well, Stafford was around, they they let him get pummeled, and um, I don't see I don't see anything changing. The running and to add to that, to better, add to, but, to yeah. add to that, I remember, I'm, I think it was one of those early games where Carryon Johnson actually rushed for a hundred yards, right? For the, and yeah. it was like Detroit was dancing in the streets. This was an amazing, miraculous event. The first time in millennia that a Detroit rusher had rushed for a hundred yards and, but that was about it. And the true measure of the O-line is right. The quarterback getting roughed up and, and you have a running game, even like a, like an average running game. And the answer was no, we did not. Well, let's also remember our defense last year was historically bad, especially against the past. We gave up like over 400 yards a game and our defense, I don't believe, is okay. We did draft a, um, you know, Jeff Akuda, right? Who's supposed to be great, but he's number a three pick. Yeah, and yet he's a rookie. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Did you I guys don't... know? Can I just interrupt while yeah. we're talking about Jeff Akuda? His theme song. Join in as you pick up on this. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Akuda. <laughs> Barracuda. I got it. What? I'll tell you how little I know about the Lions. What position does he play? He's a, he's in he's a cornerback. He's a cornerback? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but the thing the is. says that I come in my way. Here's the thing, though. This, this, <laughs> this guy, Jeff Akuda, number three draft pick, and you know, and he was ranked super highly by all the people, lockdown corner, you know, all the tools. The, the problem is the, the defensive line 
was so bad last year, and they're going to be at least as bad this year, if not worse, as I just far as I can tell. Their, their, their preseason unit ranking is 27. Yeah, exactly. I looked at that as well. So it's like, if you can't get any pressure on the quarterback, then I don't care how good you are as a cornerback. You just have no chance. If the quarterback's just like, remember last season against the Bears, you know, Ted, you're in Chicago. You know, this Mitchell Trubisky is not a good quarterback, right? He's no, maybe he, like one of the most hated people in Chicago. And yet against the Lions, the Lions made him twice last year look like the MVP, look like the best quarterback in the league. Like he, he feasted against the Lions. And the headline in the free press, I think, or whatever I was looking at was, will the Lions figure out a way to shut down Trubisky? And I was like, what? I like, he's, he's horrible. But yeah. if, if that's the problem, then yeah, we're in big trouble here. Our defensive so, line is going to be real bad. So Jared, D- Dino, Dino said four and 12. Yeah. Let's, let's hear your number. I mean, given, let's assume that Stafford is back and healthy and, um, you know, the offensive line is, is maybe middle of the pack and they still have the skilled players. I see them topping out the very possible best outcome is like a seven and nine, maybe eight and eight. That would be the equivalent of winning the Super Bowl. And, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if Dino is spot on and it just falls apart and they're like four and 12. I I don't, it's weird. I don't have any real read like, oh yeah, this is a four and 12 team. Like for sure. We don't know much at all of anything. What we do know is these are the Lions. They still play in Detroit. Last I heard, they're still owned by the Ford family. So it's going to be bad. It's not going to be good. It's going to be bad. And the chances of the Lions being any kind of sleeper team, I mean, some people are actually picking them to win the division, which seems shocking to me. But I think that's more that the other teams in the division have a lot of questions. Like, you know, Green Bay, Rodgers is older now. He's not the same guy. Trubitsky on, you know, the, the Bears, Trubitsky, he's not good. Minnesota has, like, retooled their defense. I don't know. So they're kind of a trendy pick to maybe win the division. But I think, as Dino said, anyone who's, who knows the Lions and is from Detroit and grew up knows that is just laughable. And so, I, you know, I don't even want to put a number on it because I don't know. I'm just, you know, always prepared for the worst. I've got a two-response to those who are picking the Lions to win the division. Matt Patricia. Yeah, right. Fat Matt. Fat Matt. Not going to win the division. He's going to get at the end of the year. Fat Matt. So do you guys want my my call? Yeah. Oh, we have have our second guest of the night. Is someone coming in? Is that Rabbi Matt Stafford? In a minute, we're we're gonna wrap it up here. I think did Brother Ted make his prediction? No, no, we still gotta hear it. My prediction is is three and six, and after week ten, <laughs> uh, the whole team is gonna be drafted to fight the in the hinterlands because um, mm-hmm. Michigan is gonna be one of the fronts in the Civil War. Oh, <laughs> because what we today call swing states in four months, we're gonna have a different name for them. And uh, the Lions are going to be <laughs> drafted to defend the country against the country. Um, 
And but if they prove victorious in the Battle of Grand Rapids, there's talk <laughs> of a there's talk of a bye when the season resumes. And uh, but Ted, don't forget the siege of Kalamazoo, <laughs> where it, you know that lasts and there's just cannibalism and vampires oh and everything. All I know is like whenever you see a post-apocalyptic movie, like especially Mad Max, but like the hairstyles just go, go crazy. Like that's the first <laughs> thing to go. Right. And I know I can guarantee you when the disintegr- the big disintegration comes, I will be the first one with a huge green mohawk. Like I'm just, I'm <laughs> leading that charge. Cause that's the one thing I'll know what to do. That needs to happen. I'm already starting to customize my Honda Civic into like a post post-apocalyptic war vehicle. Good. Yeah. Right. You guys know there's like all those those fashion things that are like trunk club and all those things. So I'm I'm uh I'm in a I'm in a group called Your Animal Pelt. And so I have a whole wardrobe of like raccoon shirts and stuff. So I'm ready. I'm ready for that. This Good. you know, you can it the, the secret to it is layers. That's really yeah. what makes that work. Um, yeah. But I'm ready for that. Let me ask a second question. I got to run, guys. Uh, I think we're out. Oh. We're at an hour, too. And we took Okay. Well, real, can't, can't Ted just ask one simple question for God's sake? How many weeks is Patricia going to last? Oh, good one. Um, I guess he's going to make it through the season. The ownership doesn't have the balls to fire him in the middle. They'll get rid of him at the end. Wow. Jared, does he last the season? I hope not. I, I'll say game. I, I think he gets uh, seven games in, and things are heading decisively downhill. And I and he won't be missed. I'll be happy to see him go. If they're more than three games under five hundred and lose Thanksgiving, he will be out after that game. Is my prediction? Prediction. Okay. All, All right. right, folks. Well, we're going to have to wrap have it up. Dino has something better to do than talk to us. So a- thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back after uh to talk about the the opening season game god bless thanks to demetrius fields for his appearance (laughs) thank you demetrius all right one last roar. Roar. roar roar